my name is Ruben Pillai and this is SHB Unfiltered, brought to you by the Stop Holding Back Foundation, a UK personal development charity geared towards improving the lives of people who stutter. We are the only podcast run by people who stutter, talking about a range of topics, streaming live and taking Q&A. We are committed to changing the way people think about stuttering breaking barriers and unleashing potential please support us on patreon and enjoy this next episode the change begins when you stop holding back three two one and we are live cj you with me i'm with you oh this is shb unfiltered the podcast the only podcast featuring people who stutter, hosted by people who stutter, streaming daily on YouTube today, actually. We normally do it on Facebook, but today we are changing up for our special edition episode number... 20 today. 20, which means we have been podcasting and streaming for 20 consecutive days during lockdown as... London and the rest of the world gets to grip with COVID-19. We are locked in our houses. We thought it would be great to start a daily podcast, which is why we are here today. We are people who stutter, so this is a great opportunity to push our comfort zones, do something cool, and guess turn this into a productive period while we're locked in, locked down, or whatever you want to call it. CJ, have I missed anything? No, haven't missed anything. Cool. How's it going today, bro? Yeah, today's a quiet one. Just been working, trying to make sure that I come out of this lockdown with a few more skills. Enrolled in a few online courses, which is very much unlike me. But it's been good. I'm enjoying it. It's cool. How about you? How's your day going today? Oh, today's been a fairly long one. I think I mentioned I was on a webinar this morning that starts at 6 a.m. I signed up for it. It was a free webinar. And it was decent. The host, the trainer, was based in Australia, hence the dodgy timings. I, was, I wasn't half asleep. I was pretty much there and engaged. And I learned a, few things, learned a few things about podcasting and um, different aspects to it that are kind of a bit further down in our um, timeline, but we will be there very, 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 very shortly. And um, after that, kind of the usual morning routine um, and work from home again, fourth consecutive week. And now we're here chatting about what we've been up to today. Oh, and I want the same breeze. You to... Sorry, dude, I just uh, mute you by accident. What were you uh, saying, sorry? Now I was asking, you uh, went to Sainsbury's then. That was your one essential time to leave the house today. It... Yeah, it was quite annoying actually because um, I was going to jump in the car. Um, haven't been in the car in a few days. I think I haven't used it that much in the past four weeks. Maybe been in there twice or three times. The battery's gone. Man, 
this is not a time for your battery to go. Mate, it was it was um blocking, freezing, whatever you want to call it. This car was stuttering and could not get any movement out at all. But jump leads pain. Have you got any jump leads? Not me personally, but I'm gonna try to sort something out safely. Just yeah, but sort something out this weekend. Have to um, jump like your car, but practice social distancing at the same time. I can just sit in the car while my mate does it. And leaves. Yeah, that's true. So we're good. We have a um, plan for every eventuality. Um, do you have any amazing plans this four-day weekend, Easter weekend? First really holiday of the year? Like Easter. I can't even believe it is Easter. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit, a bit of a crap one, isn't it? Bit of a crap one. I'm just gonna quickly take a look at uh, what's happening on the feed, so everything's going smoothly on our first stint to YouTube. Hopefully, um, people will find us there from our usual community that we are building on Facebook. So, um, see, this, given that this is episode number twenty. I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to do some reflection on a few things. Um, first thing is probably how have you found doing this every day for 20 days? I really enjoyed it. I thought it would be difficult to keep consistent with it. I think I've mentioned that before. I thought the biggest challenge would be to keep consistent with it and make sure that we do complete a podcast every day we do stick to it it's a promise that we've made to ourselves and everyone that's following SHB um, which was more than enough motivation that we needed to stay consistent with it it has been a challenge like some days have been better than others for me personally but you still have to come on here you still have to give it your all and uh try your best and make sure that it's as informative as possible for people listening. How have you found it? What, what did you expect the challenges were going to be before we started it? And is that the way it's panned out or has other things unexpectedly popped up? Um, to be honest, I didn't know how long lockdown was going to last, right? Because we got thrown into it and we weren't really told what the crack was and um, I've been pleasantly surprised because I would have thought that at some point you would have not been able to make one episode or something would come up. However, if you're locked down, there's only so many things that can interrupt you and we've man managed to find ways to build our routines around it. Maybe I've been getting into a bit of trouble as well with later dinners and stuff like that but um that's kind of part of the compromise i will make it up as i'm normally one who does cooking as well so it kind of yeah. does work out we've had to make a few adjustments here at home dinner time has had to change usually we eat around half past seven we've had to change that so now i eat before the podcast make sure that I'm fully fed before because sometimes you never know how long these things are going to last so 
in the early episodes, I was promising I'll be done by half past seven. So make sure the food's ready for half past seven. Would uh, definitely be ready to eat then, and then it would overrun, and then the food's getting cold, and my mum and my girlfriend Charlie are g- getting annoyed with me. So now we've adjusted it, I make sure I can commit to it. But when you commit to something, you have to make everything else around it work and everything has to fit around whatever you're committing to. Exactly, Chris, exactly. I think you've kind of um, smashed it head on there because in order to, like, um, I guess keep doing the important things that you have in, in your life, you can't kind of build it around other things. You have to make it a permanent fixture and then everything else will hopefully fall into place around it. And um, it's been a good learning curve. I've learned, I guess, like, um, key things would be, um, like, communication and different types, so engaging guests, addressing comments, addressing people, um, kind of in the conversation, bringing other people in so if there's like three or four of us here do you want uh, one or two people silent on the side while two people taught managing time and kind of um there's facilitation skills that you kind of underestimate when i guess at one point in the past all we cared about was getting words out but there's different levels to this game isn't there and that's what we've learned very, very quickly as we've been podcasting every day, which has also been a bonus because I could try stuff that um, try different things or different types of jokes or style of storytelling one day. If I felt it worked, if I felt the vibe wasn't on point, that I could adjust it for the next day. I wouldn't have to wait a week or two for the next episode. Do you feel similar kind of... Um, I guess similar feelings on the nuances, like when you're relaying information or telling stories, like do you feel you've sensed the evolution in yourself in that respect? Yeah, definitely there's been a big difference from episode one till now. There was a lot more added pressure at the beginning that I put on myself and I wasn't really allowing myself to let go as easily at the beginning. So when I would be putting my point across, a lot of things were going through my head in the first couple of episodes. And I think also running these podcasts through Zoom is a completely different vibe. When you're in a studio together or you're recording it together face-to-face, the vibe's completely different. And I don't know, I feel like face-to-face you're a lot more comfortable. The whole setup could be a lot more comfortable. I feel like Zoom at the beginning was new to me and that also threw me off a little bit. But I'm beginning to get used to it now. And... I'm interested to see how it is when we go back to recording a podcast together in the same room and see how we vibe off each other then. 
Yeah, dude, as in like, I remember when we started, um, I did the first episode from my bed. And we have quickly upgraded the setup. I showed you a picture of what the table looks like now with, um, with the lighting, um, the water here, um, got a candle in the corner and different things. I've got a good vibe going on here. Also, um, the kind of structure before was just a chit chat. Now we've got a general thing in place where we talk around a central topic, but we don't operate too closely to it. We have a loose association to that topic, but always try to bring it back and, and uh, address questions along the way and tailor it all to that episode theme. And that's really come with practice and you can't kind of plan too much with these things because some, some people that come on and talk, you don't know what they're going to say in the end or which direction they're going to go. So that's why um, it's been really good, really good opportunity to practice and kind of impromptu, spontaneous type speaking situations that you will not always be in control of. It's very different to just doing standalone public speech, which both of us can comfortably do at this point. But this is the next level. Yeah, I think that's what we originally set out to, to do, right? At the beginning, we decided that these weren't going to be too structured or too planned. They weren't going to be too rehearsed. We wasn't, anyone participating in it wouldn't really know what the topic was until, until we go live. So I think that in itself is great practice. Rather than having it pre-rehearsed, then you can come across as you're t talking like a robot reading off a script. And I think that the delivery that way isn't as genuine. It isn't as authentic. I want people to see that we are normal people that stutter and we still have blocks here and there and you will see that our stuttering pattern of behavior will come into play sometimes rather than it being too rehearsed and we can plan ahead and we can formulate sentences, three, four, five sentences in advance. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I think it's important for people to see, okay, SHB, you've preached, you've preached to us what you practice. Let's see you do it in a live situation, in a live setting. And people have had an opportunity to see that. Perfect. And that's what we're doing. And I found the proof in the pudding when we started podcasting on Zoom three weeks ago. So tomorrow would be our three-week anniversary on episode 21. No, sorry, Saturday would be on episode 22. When we started podcasting, it was only a few days afterwards that, uh, that other people started to have chats amongst themselves on Zoom friends and family and everything and I found that I was a lot more comfortable a lot more myself because we had already experienced the um the nuances of kind of trying to re rebuild a social scene on video chat but for some people like beyond the hey my guy like is you is you then 
there'll be like there'll be silences because everyone's like, all right, so what, what do we do now? Now that we've had a good laugh at you know, the fact that we're all here. So um had that a couple of times in house party, then we all got better at it. We would uh, be a bit more, as in, it would be a bit more easier to talk about what, what you've been up to and stuff. But I felt that I had the head start because of this experience doing daily podcasts on Zoom through video chat. Yeah, I can really relate to that. I was just thinking back to when we used to use house party for work. And I think thinking back, it was only two weeks ago or three weeks ago, but I remember when we first implemented working from home at work, we had house party chat because we knew that house party allowed you to have up to eight people in the same chat. And I remember we had our first one before we had our first episode of a podcast. And looking back on that first work meeting, it was the one of the first work meetings I've ever had over like FaceTime or house parties that I was. And the way I the way I was and my behavior and my mindset and everything else compared to when we had a work meeting over Zoom last week, it was worlds apart. And I think that doing these Zoom calls every day and running podcasts off of Zoom, it it does naturally make you more comfortable having Zoom meetings and FaceTime meetings. And usually FaceTime meetings, I feel like before you would miss things out, you wouldn't be comfortable, you would forget things. Whereas now I feel like I'm a lot more composed and I feel like with work, I'm transferring what I'm picking up here, putting that into work, and I'm able to really get my message across a lot better with work Zoom calls. So it's been a massive help. Yeah. Do you feel that your performance in those meetings has improved as a, as a, as a byproduct of podcasting every day through Zoom? Massively like a hundred percent, hundred percent. The first house party one, um, the meeting was led by Steph anyway, but the first house party meeting, I reckon I only felt the need to speak maybe two or three times in a whole meeting. And the meeting could have been maybe 20 minutes. Whereas the last Zoom call that we had, we were discussing a completely different topic, but I was a lot more vocal and I was talking the majority of the time. And I don't know if subconsciously, because I've got so comfortable here now, I don't know if that played a major role, but I can only assume that it did because it was a completely different me on second meeting to when we done it on house party. Perfect. So that's like um, innocent proof that you have upgraded over the last three weeks. And you have got instant rewards from that because just by repeating certain things for kind of every day for three weeks, um, you have like demonstrated in your team meetings in those environments that are quite important to you um, economically. You have 
kind of up to performance and that's only going to kind of transcend into other areas of your work and, and relationships etc yeah um, um, when to ask you sorry sorry um you can finish that point but um the, the question i had for for you at the end of that was what challenges have, have you faced um and then you can always, and then you can answer that then ask me the same thing back like i can share as well so say what you're going to say before then crack onto that question now what i was going to add on to the point that you made previously is that when we're talking about performance in other areas having zoom calls not just on the shb unfiltered podcast it's not only speech it's just i feel like when you are not used to having conference calls and zoom calls you sit there and sometimes you can't wait for the call to end whereas now that's not even going through my mind when it comes to work before it was like okay let's get the message across let's get this meeting over let's make sure everyone knows what they have to do and let's try and it's almost like a it's almost like the pre-working on my speech mentality that, that I had where you just want to get through the conversation, the listeners doesn't know you've got a stutter, and then in and out, move on. And I felt like that was my attitude towards Zoom calls. And it wasn't necessarily a speak thing, it was just because it's a Zoom camera, talk to someone who's on the other end of their laptop. But I feel now it's a lot more... Okay, let's actually get out of this meeting what we need to get out of it and properly achieve, properly discuss. There's no need to rush. Because what was happening before is people would have a Zoom call and then you would find people chatting in a WhatsApp group afterwards, picking up things because that's their more comfortable environment. And that's fluent, non-fluent. I'm not um, differentiating between starters and fluent people here. It's even, it's even a characteristic of fluent people. But yeah, we're just going to add something. No, I was going to just, uh, before we moved on to that question I had, I was going to ask if you, if do you feel more confident now on video chat than telephone chat? I would say so. I would say, but only because telephone chat has been less and less during the lockdown in terms of work, in terms of everything. Tell it like, usually I would talk to you over the phone a few times a week, but we're not really doing that now. We're talking over Zoom. So it's just maybe lack of practice, lack of whatever, you know, whatever's more familiar to you at the time usually is what, what you feel more comfortable with. And the human body naturally going to be drawn to what they feel is more comfortable, right? I yeah, mean, I got you. Yeah. Do, do you feel the difference now? Um, there is a difference when you are kind of on video chat you're a bit more engaged because it's like um you're a bit more um visible in, in kind of the physical way so you can't kind of disengage you don't really have that choice but when it's taken away from you you can actually engage a bit more properly whereas there's been times when i could have been on an audio chat from a laptop but been on my phone on the side and just faffing about on there. So like, so like you're not fully engaged in the discussion, in the group discussion, if you're in a meeting environment. Um, so I, I do think that this has upped it. Maybe it's hard for 
like if there are kind of too many people and and um like two people are kind of having a sub conversation within the group but i haven't got to that point yet so it'll be interesting when i do because i'm uh, i'll be joining a few webinars in the next week so public speaking type ones where i think it's like one to many one to many type workshops so when it's q a and stuff if it if it turns into conversation with two people but then there's 10 people just sitting there like potatoes then you may see the drawbacks of video to just audio that question i have for you challenges that you've faced the last three weeks um and what have you kind of pulled out of them well the biggest challenge for me was just getting on a podcast that that was the main challenge for me committing convincing myself to com commit to it it is it is a different speaking situation to what i'm used to i'm not used to podcasts i now have a hell of a lot more uh, not respect, but I appreciate how difficult it is a lot more for presenters, radio presenters, TV presenters, anyone who's who presents anything in the media at all, because it really, it really is a skill set that you have to work on. And I knew there was a skill set that I didn't work on before. I didn't have before. I still don't have it. I still have a lot to work on. And that is the challenge. It is, it is a challenge. But the more specific challenge that I had was just being able to compose myself, to allow myself to have a free-flowing conversation at the beginning. That was the biggest challenge then. But I was surprised at how quickly you overcome that and how quickly you relax. A couple of podcasts in, and it's just like, okay. You know, you don't pre meditate over it you don't worry about it during the day after a few you just log on whatever topic ruben's got for you that's what you're going with that's how you roll isn't it yeah. and um probably like you've already got that that experience that confidence that you have in your speech regardless of how it's coming out you have the tools and techniques to bounce back from any kind of setback you have so this was purely a case of gaining experience in a different situation that you weren't traumatized or terrorized by. It was just a, a learning curve for you. And you took it on as a kind of a fun challenge, right? It, it wasn't yeah. boring. I didn't force you to do this. We are doing it out of our, our own kind of interests and passion to share and communicate. And that does make it a lot easier, a lot, lot easier. Yeah, I mean, SHB, just as a collective group, we're always trying to find new things to push ourselves in. Some of us are, it takes us longer to actually take action. I feel like out of the three of us, me, you and AO, potentially you, Ruben, are the quickest to take action. You make a decision on something, you take action. I wouldn't say so completely because I've been prone to procrastinate on things and AO has been on, on my back as well for certain things. So, um, isn't like that, isn't the clearest, clearest example, 
but like between us we've had our we, we've had our moments of procrastination and and um waiting for something to happen as opposed to making it happen yeah and nothing's going to happen unless you take action and with this we had to take action oh yeah regardless yeah yeah i completely completely agree completely yeah it's good that you've had a good experience with this yeah good have you enjoyed it it's been all right (laughs) it's been all right it's been all right yeah um to be honest it's it's wicked isn't it it's something that we look forward to every day and um i've had a lot of fun with it it's been really good because i've been obviously on the podcast with you um talking and stuff but um in the background working on the back end stuff so that's been really interesting i've been learning a lot um having fun with that and finding ways to um step it up and when we started one of the things i said was Dude, like, let's focus on getting this out every day. Let's go for kind of a production value. Like, let's get to a good level where it's not eating up like half our day because that's not what we want to kind of do. This should be us just having a chat and then find efficient ways to distribute this podcast. Now we're really, really close to actually finalizing the podcast website introduction is 70% there just need to edit some of the audio of the last episodes and slowly upload it so um you'll be hearing this fortunately or unfortunately it it depends on um this will be distributed on a few other podcast hosting sites and that's really exciting because it makes it feel a bit more official a bit more official i think at the start we it didn't feel real at the start, but it was only until we started uploading to YouTube and making thumbnails and sharing and getting comments and feedback and all that kind of stuff. That's when it felt a bit more real. So um, this has been a great experience. I've, I've learned so much, been pushed, been pushed, kind of like manage meeting, keep people quiet at time, get people loud at times and um, keep engaging, keep the uh, people commenting engage as well. You don't forget about them. So um, it's it's given me a lot. It gave me a lot to think about and a lot to build on. Yeah. Um, a question that I have for you though, Ruben. You know, it's no secret how into Toastmasters you are and how committed you, you are to that and how seriously you take it. Has this been the natural progression for you, do you feel, to use those skills that you've learned through your experience with Toastmasters, presenting, um, structuring things? Do you feel like this podcast was the perfect natural progression for you to go into? Yeah, definitely. Um, so been part of Toastmasters now for like three or four years, gone through the speeches and like got all, got all the ribbons and contest trophies and all that kind of stuff and the actual pathway that i'm on currently involves a podcasting podcasting section so we one of the projects is uh, creating a podcast or a blog 
what as part of Toastmasters yeah I was unaware of that I didn't know that Toastmasters offered that yeah so that's one of the the like projects that you have to do you say you start a podcast or a blog you write or you podcast for I think four to five weeks and then in your meeting when you have to present back on it you play a section of it and then report back on your um, kind of how it went and stuff like that and skills developed and um, kind, of like a, kind of like a feedback so then they evaluate you on your podcast and your speech and one of the other ones that is in the advanced section is you do like um, a seven minute speech on a topic of your choice make engaging and put, put an argument in there and you open it up to 13 minutes of Q&A so you have to defend your like speech and then kind of engage. But when you do the Q and A, it isn't just like kind of like taking in chatting. You have to actually incorporate all of the Toastmaster speech techniques and stuff like that. Try and incorporate the word of the day in it as well. So um, there's all the, the possibilities are still endless there. Um, so um, that's why it's really good. That's what's really good. It's got something for people at every level of their, um, speaking journey from uh, beginners or people who start to who just want to stand up to um, kind of intermediate speakers who want to like run workshops and, and facilitate sessions so we've got loads of opportunities there for that to really advance people who who are presenting to like high level audiences and like faced with really tough questions at times and how to actually respond back in a cordial manner, but still address every question appropriately. So um, yeah, it's a fantastic organization. Um, if it's recommended by Dan Pena, then you can't go wrong, right? No, you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Is negotiation part of that course? Yeah, there, there should be. So there's different uh, paths that you can choose. So certain things will be based around certain core skills. Um, so there's leadership ones, there's a presentation specific one. Um, there's like kind of different types of parts and around that there will be sub projects that are specific to the path and you have to look through all of them and assess what you really want to get out of it and which one you want to focus on. And then you go through that path. And will all clubs have access to all projects or a certain yeah, yeah. only all, available? All, 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 all. And um, essentially, like um, all of the material is on the website. So um, the benefits of um, going to better clubs is you, you, there's a stronger chance of you finding someone who's actually done that before. Mm. If you're at a more junior club, you may be, as in, if you get to that level, you could be the first person doing that. So A, it's a really good achievement, but B, you won't have um, someone to kind of ask questions of and, and get a bit of mentorship from. So that's why um, a big clubs are helpful. And there is one club that I want to visit. It's called uh, Excaliburs, I think. Excaliburs, the requirement for joining is you have to have completed um, CC, which is the first 10 speeches. When you, you, so that everyone there is at a very, 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 very advanced level. So you can see different standards and kind of like 
put yourself in different advanced environments and really take yourself to the next level and the level above that as well. How long would it take you to do 10 speeches at a Toastmasters club? How often do you have to rotate? Because I take it you won't be doing a speech every time you go. I imagine only a certain amount of people can do speeches because of the time limit plus evaluations plus table topics. It completely depends on your, on your club. So I'm lucky I go to a club that runs meetings every week. But normally clubs do it every two weeks. And if it's every week and there's four speech opportunities, there's always a dropout on like the Sunday or the Monday. So I would have a speech prepared and preparing to have a backup speech ready to like jump in if needs be. So I've done... I've had periods when I've done two speeches in a row as in like back-to-back weeks. So if you do that within like a month and a bit, you already smashed out four. Yeah, I've been to a couple Toastmasters and I, from observing, I think evaluations will be more challenging than the actual speech. I've watched a couple and I think it's amazing how people can come up with such in-depth analysis and evaluation on someone's speech so soon after they've just delivered the speech. Is that skill set that's taught there? Yeah, it's, um, I think it's completely different to actually speaking because you are focusing on someone else completely. This isn't about you. But you, at the same time, you need to actually turn it into a speech. And in the end, you're going to stand up and you can't just destroy someone in front of the whole club. And um, it's really good skill to develop if you're in management, giving feedback to employees or your team. When it comes to appraisal time, like how many managers have you had in the past actually know how to give constructive feedback yeah, to exercise appropriately? So um, like it's a really, really good skill, really good skill. I think the most difficult part would be when a speech is really good and you're clutching at straws to try and find negatives and improvements because obviously you have to have, you have to have a pointer or something that they can improve on. You can't just turn around and say, yeah, that was brilliant. I like the way you've done that. I like the way you've done that. I like the way you've done that. Okay, thank you. You have to come from both sides. You have to give them something they can improve on. What we try to encourage is before your speech, you speak to your evaluator and, and evaluator and you say, um, thank you, but please watch out for these things. These are two or three aspects that I'm working on for this speech that I specifically want you to keep, me, keep an eye on because I'm specifically working on that. It automatically gives the speaker a bit more of a focus and things to aid their progression. And B, it gives the evaluator kind of an, an anchor or hook to base their evaluation on. This saves them from clutching at straws as well. Yeah. Uh, there's, um, it's a collegiate environment. You're all learning from each other, helping each other, evaluating each other. Um, there isn't like kind of a teacher then in front of you and everyone's learning. 
it's a more collegiate environment in that sense. Yeah. When does the actual training take place? Because from what I see is that people show up to Toastmasters, they watch someone else give the speech maybe, they watch someone else evaluate their speech, they might not want to get involved in table topics that week, they might not want to be the Toastmaster, they might not want to be the timekeeper, how, what, at what point do you receive the training on like, for example, how to structure a speech, how to structure an evaluation? At what point do you get training? So um, the main way you're going to learn is from actually just standing up and talking and then actually paying attention to the evaluations. So taking notes from the evaluations. Second thing is, it isn't frequent, but every now and then, some people do teachings as their speeches, tutorials. So I've done a few in the past where you kind of teach or you do a tutorial on kind of structure or table topics. So I did one for table topics, how I prepare for table topics. So I have a strategy where I think of kind of like three or four key stories then I make a flow diagram of like common topics that common themes that may crop up then try to link each one back to each, each of those stories. So if you can think of your favorite holiday, then I give you that flow diagram, any kind of theme I asked you, you can somehow relate it back to your holiday somehow and then talk about your holiday. Yeah. I like, can. Um, so, so that's the way I, I kind of, taught it as this is how I approach table topics and conveniently it was about two weeks after I won a table topics contest so it gave me a bit more credibility to actually do it as well um, flow diagram and different things and um, even within a table topic I stick to a structure like um, beginning um, set up the scene give two points of views and conclude and answer the question again. So I stick to that structure, I gear that structure. So regardless of what you're doing, what you're saying, if you have a strong beginning and a strong ending that links, to be honest, like um, the bit in the middle, it's relevant. Yeah. You can blag that bit. Yeah. So do you think people are only really listening to the beginning and then they listen to the last couple of minutes? I guess um, it won't be a couple of minutes, right? Because um, table topics is two minutes max or yeah. 2.30. But um, when you've got like six or seven people doing table topics, how much of everyone's speech is going to register? So yeah. I would like um, turn it into kind of storytelling somehow. So, um, so like turn it into a story and I'd have like random facts in my back pocket that I can pull out that are very generic, are very generic, very generic facts that may be a bit different that they haven't heard before, but still generic, so you can apply it to any like range of topics. Um, I found ways of linking traveling in Thailand to so many different types of topics. Like who's the most famous person like you would want to meet and stuff. Then I start talking about Thailand somehow, then linked it back to that favorite person 
So there's different ways of actually um, formulating your speech and structuring it uh, to do a successful table topic and kind of be happy afterwards. So that's the main thing to do it. And then you kind of sit down think, oh, I could have said this, could have said that, and then beat yourself up a bit. Yeah, I remember I watched one, one table topic at Toastmasters, and the, the task was the person at the front would open a book, they would read the first two lines, then it was up to the person to continue the story for two minutes. And that that was difficult that was really difficult because sometimes they would open the book and the sentence was so random that you could see people were genuinely up there and they were struggling to think of things does that come with experience like you said you would just put that towards your trip in thailand your favorite holiday what you done last week or the experience would um help you stay conscious in that situation calm yourself down and then you can actually like say something like that you telling me that now is actually it's made me think that's quite an easy thing to have because you didn't have a, a topic no you don't have a topic so you can finish that story however where you want to you can link it back to your family something that happened with your nephew when you were born or Something that happened on your birthday when you're 21, or, or some somehow link it back to a story that that does not have to answer a question, and doesn't have to um, be around a certain theme that the tabletop master has given. That's the way I would think of it. It's just yeah. opened up a whole like a whole floor of opportunities. Yeah, yeah. So it's about refra- reframing the issue in your mind or the task at at hand. Um, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, would you start your own podcast? And if you did, what would you need? And I don't want you to think about equipment and that kind of stuff and, and training, but just like, um, is there anything that you can take from this one and take it forward? And what would you need to add onto it? I would need to add general presenting skills. That's one thing. If I was to start my own podcast, it would be um, largely based around sports. But I would have to think more into that, whether we make it one sport specific, whether it be a football or basketball. When I say own, by the way, I mean that your personal baby as opposed to one for the charity. Yeah. This is ours, don't worry, bro. If I was going to do a personal one, it would be around sports because sports is my passion away from helping people improve their speech. Um, In terms of what I would need, I would definitely need presentation skills more. I would definitely, I think, I think structure, planning, uh, would be something that I would need more. I think learning how to vibe off of the comments that you're getting back at you, as opposed to just having a list of questions that you want to get through or a list of topics or facts, sporting facts that you want to get through. 
I don't feel like that's as entertaining. And I feel like when you first start, it's very easy to just have the tendency to do that. So it would be question, they would answer. Question again. Like I've listened to a few podcasts recently and it can be a little bit like that. It's like they're not looking to keep the conversation flowing. They just want to get an answer and then they can't wait to ask their next question. And I don't feel like if you look at any of the real good podcasts out there, I always go back to Joe Rogan because I just think he's the man when it comes to podcasting. You, you see, Joe like, Rogan, I was going to say, like, um, his, his is very Q&A driven. So he does an interview style podcast, but he finds ways to actually um, turn into conversation. And that's yeah. the, the ultimate, right? Because you bring yeah. on a guest interview, but you actually turn into free phone conversation. If you watch him, rather than like listen to it on Apple Podcasts, if you go onto YouTube and you watch him, he's not looking at, at a pad with a list of questions. He's looking at the person that he's interviewing and he's vibing off of them. He's got a clear understanding of what he wants to get out of the podcast key points that he wants to raise but the conversation is such a free-flowing conversation i've recently watched the one with um elon musk and he starts off with one topic and then they just start talking and it goes off and off on mad tangents is that the one from uh, 2018 i think yeah in 2018 when um cause- that was a really good one. You find out how clever that guy is. Yeah, because he's super smart. AI, artificial intelligence, and all this stuff, and it's just mad. And I feel like you wouldn't have got that much information out of someone like Elon Musk if you just asked him question after question, because Elon Musk was a lot more relaxed, and people criticised his public speaking, but in that he was actually really calm. He was. He was comfortable, and I feel like Joe Rogan was key in allowing him to feel like that. And I think that's what makes a great podcast, and that's a skill that isn't going to come to me overnight. And that's the next progression to working on my speech personally. It's not just speech; it's just general work. Um, Elon Musk is. So people don't actually realize that he's actually an introvert. So he isn't an extrovert person. So he um, like would not be kind of thriving in situations where like loads of people around think it's crazy and do a speech and like turn it into a big show and uh, that kind of stuff. But that environment would have been perfect for him in Joe Rogan's studio, chilling out. Um, with a, a zoo in his hand and just relaxing and yeah. just expressing himself. I feel sorry for people like Elon Musk. Obviously, I don't feel sorry for him. He's the most billionaire, but I feel sorry for people like that because they get a lot of success, but they have to, they have to be this person that perhaps they never anticipated to have to be. They just had a passion for business. They're creatives. They've got ideas. They love to implement stuff. And as a result of such huge success, people want to interview them. They, they have to become celebrities now. They have no choice. 
And that's put with someone like Elon Musk, that's a path that potentially he didn't want to take. He was just happy to launch business after business, idea after idea. I think that's why I like quite a few um, you know, introverted founders, they eventually hire a CEO to actually do a better job than they could in running a company. So kind of someone really experienced and it allows them to focus on what they are good at doing and the reason why they set up the company in the first place. Um, in the same way, maybe in the future, someone else will be um, running this podcast. But the time being is just us, uh, isn't it? I doubt that. But I have got a question for you off of the back of that comment. Do you feel like there'll be people that stutter who are natural introverts, right? Now, just because they're yeah. working on their speech, does that mean that they have to take on every challenge and become this extroverted person? I found this very difficult to deal with when I first started to work on my speech. I felt like now you're working on your speech, CJ, you have to take on everything. You forget if you enjoy it, forget if that's you, forget if that's your personality, because you're working on your speech. If you're not prepared to do it, it's because you're avoiding. And it took me a long time to realize, no, you're not avoiding. That's just not what you do. That's not what you want to do. That's not your skill set. I mean, how, how do you see that for people that are starting out working on their speech and working out what challenges they should be taking on and what they shouldn't be taking on? Yeah, fully agree with that. I think um, this does, it's more tailored to the extrovert person who just needs a bit, a, bit, a bit of a push, a bit of confidence in their speaking and then they can fly. It may take the introvert person a bit longer because they need to have specific situations in order to thrive because of the amount of energy that it takes for them to like be around other people and do these kind of intense challenges, then it will definitely take longer because they have to slowly adapt to it. And you, you, you will still be that core person within, but you would have kind of pushed yourself out into, into like um, different skills and different experiences. And it is, I don't think you can lose yourself if you are doing things that actually mean a lot to you. So you could be introverted but want to start a business or like sell things you make, etc. Now these skills and experiences from pushing and working with speed will actually help you get that and help you with your purpose. And if you understand that what you're doing isn't just aimlessly like challenging yourself just because coaches are telling you, but because it's geared towards a specific purpose, then you will like thrive and understand and grow within your own um, within your own unique person. Yeah. Question that I have because I've got a clear example, a personal example i started to work on my speech we had stephanie jackson recruitment when me and stephanie launched the business i had my role 
she had her role. We both knew what each other's responsibilities were. There was no crossover. At the beginning, there was crossover because I needed Stephanie to handle the phone calls that I needed to make. Once I started to work on my speech, I was caught between a rock and a hard place, and I was thinking, should I now start trying to take on some of Stephanie's responsibilities because they are more extroverted roles or extroverted suited roles? Should I now try and take on her role? And I was sitting there thinking about it, and I was like, no, that's not avoidance. That wasn't your role. And I feel like as stutterers, sometimes we can get confused because there's fluent people that are not great salespeople. There's fluent people that are not great salespeople. And I feel like as a stutterer, you think I'm only not a good salesman because I have a stutter. But do you think that's, that might ne not necessarily be the case? Yeah, it's, it's easy to point to the obvious and I've said this many times on this podcast, like sometimes the stutter is like a lot lower down in your list of things you need to do to sort, sort yourself out. And um, if you try to be a salesperson and, and struggling with your speech, but you go there with like scruffy shirt, scruffy hair, um, and it's obvious that you don't you know, take care of yourself, but you blame your speech when you can't sell your product or service look a bit closer to yourself and because I've seen that many, many times and you kind of lose sight, you have tunnel vision, that is speech, 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 but like understand everything else because if you are such a perfectionist with your speech, then why don't you like that with every other area of your life? Yeah. Yeah. I think having a business myself, employing staff, and witnessing firsthand the differences in skill set between all my staff, none of my staff have stutter. And you see some people are more process driven. They like the process. Some people are more comfortable on the phone than others. Some people are better at sales than others. Some people hate sales. Some people love to client face. Some people hate to client face and they only like to work on office processes. And that's what made me realize you're putting too much emphasis on your speech, CJ. You think because you have a stutter, you have to wear, you have to wear every hat in the business. That's not the case. And like for you now, would you say, right, I'm currently in risk, but because I've got a stutter and I'm working on my speech, maybe I should transfer over to that and get experience in that. That might not be what you genuinely want to do. It might not be where your skill set lies. I think it's very difficult for us to appreciate that and accept that. Yeah, there has to be a clear differentiation between like um, taking on a challenge and like not holding back, but then doing things that are practically going to push you forward within your interests and within the things that you want to do. And yeah, man, it's, um, it's a balancing act because some people don't really know what they want to do at times. So in that sense, I would advise them to just take on anything that comes and challenge yourself. Then if you happen to like something or find kind of the strength within the area or hobby or passion or purpose, then just go with it and um, see where that takes you. CJ, any last questions before we um, wrap up number 20? Any last questions? 
or points or feedback or reflections on the last 19 to 20 episodes of um, putting up with me? Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, to be honest. And I know that we have a lot of banter and we can, we can make fun of each other and stuff like that. But I generally feel like this has been a very enjoyable experience from episode one to 20. There's been some episodes that have been more challenging than others. Um, episode 10 in particular <laughs> that you sprung on me. <laughs> Um, episode 10 was wicked, man. Episode yeah, was good, good for you, lot. Um, I think, I think, yeah, it's just been, it's been great. It's been, it's been good. But I'm very much looking forward to the future, and I'm very much looking forward to taking this podcast to the next level. Once coronavirus is over and the lockdown is over, I really think that once we get in that studio setting, studio setting, we're going to create some. Madness. It's game on, isn't it? It's game on, mate. Yeah. Game on. Because Zoom, it doesn't really allow a lot of post-production. It is what it is. The files come out the way they do. There's not a lot that we can do with it after. Um, you know, but when you've got individual sound files, when, um, audio files, when you've got individual cameras, when you have collective cameras, like everyone in one shot, you know, or like we might be talking about something and then in post-production we can put a photo up of it or a small video. All these ideas are going around in my head and it's, it's just like I can't wait to, I can't wait to bring it to life. Yeah, same here actually, same here. The possibilities are endless, but this is our perfect way of preparing for that moment, right? And preparing for the next level. Yeah, this so, is um, really good. Honest, well, yeah, to be honest, Run out of battery. Give me one second, one minute. I was going to say, to be honest, I'm back to barely back there. Go on. I was going to say, I recommend using this method to anyone that plans to start a podcast. Start it on Zoom. You know, equipment is expensive. These um, these subscriptions are expensive. It's quite long-winded to start up a podcast. You might not even know if you enjoy it. It might be something that you want to do to challenge yourself. And once you've once you've taken on the challenge, you realise actually this isn't for me i tried it out but it's not for me zoom and doing it this way is a great way to really understand what it takes to make a podcast and really understand the effort that is needed well just really scratches the surface of understanding the effort of what is needed to be consistent with a podcast so i would recommend this route to anyone even if you're not in even if we're not in a lockdown situation ruben it's still a great still a great strategy to understand, to put pen to paper, try things out, experiment, learn your presentation skills, work on different things. I think this is the perfect route. And then you can move on to studio time or investing in, in equipment, cameras, post-production work, video editing courses and everything like that. Dude, I can't top that, man. That, that was every 
single point covered on that last, last question. So Chris, amazing. Thank you very much for um, spending 20 episodes of Zoom time with myself and obviously our friends who have joined us on several occasions. Not in the recent memory though. They've left us to it, but they will be back. Yeah. They will be back as we go into the, um, the 20s. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See how much of Sandro's hair is growing back. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, again, thank you very much, Chris. Always a pleasure. Have a good evening. And um, I'm going to press that button so you can do the ending. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, stop holding back.